Okay, help, I got this set up, didn't actually push, push record on it, now I have. Uh, the question, uh, yeah, I'll go from the beginning. Okay, so this morning, no, I'm not. Uh, the question that I want to ask us this morning is, why are you here? I don't mean that in terms of a, a big mystery of the universe question, why are we here, but why are you here this morning? Why are we here in this room together in Faversham? Why are there other congregations of people across Faversham meeting together today? Why across the globe are there congregations of people gathering together for church? I think it's an important question because sometimes we can think I'm here because it's what I do. I go to church on a Sunday. I meet with brothers and sisters. But I want to ask this question because it's something that I've really been thinking about of late and particularly through this week. Why do we meet? And I think one of the places that gives us an answer for that is in Hebrews. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. So if you're filling in the worksheet and it says what passage are we looking at this morning? It's Hebrews chapter 10 and we're going to read from verse 19 to 25. And I think this is, goes some way to helping us to answer that question. And it says this, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay. One of the things that I've been thinking about this week, or what I want to share with you really, has come out of a podcast that I've been listening to uh, by Ray Altland and Sam Albury, a couple of guys who are based in Nashville in the States, and they've just started a podcast. And in this particular episode that I was listening to, they were speaking about gospel doctrine or gospel truth, what we understand of the gospel. So what we understand about Jesus' life, death, and Resurrection, And what we've just been reading there in those first verses in that passage in Hebrews is all about the gospel. The gospel truth of what God has done for us in Jesus. How through Jesus, through his life, his death and his resurrection, we have, he has made a way for us to know God. And it's not just that God now tolerates us. God welcomes us into his family. Because Jesus has made a way so that whatever there was that was a barrier between us and God before has been done away with so we can be welcomed into God's family and we can have confidence in the promises that God has made for us because we know that he is faithful and he's demonstrated that to us in Jesus. Someone uh, saw on Twitter, um, someone called Kyle, Kyle J. Howard, he's a guy based in the States again, he says that the gospel is good news because it is a declaration that God cares about us. He has intervened. That is the truth of the gospel. And there's so much within that to unpack and to explore and to understand. And in this podcast, these guys were speaking about the gospel truth in terms of what we understand. But what they're saying is that should then create a gospel culture. Meaning that the community of God, the gathered people of God, the church 
how we are with one another, how we behave with one another, how we engage with one another, how we see one another, how we treat one another, um, should be shaped by the truth that we know and the truth that there is. And this particular episode was thinking about gospel culture. What does it look like to be a people who have been, uh, been redeemed and saved and forgiven because of what Jesus has done? And in this uh, podcast episode, Sam Aubrey picked out some of these verses in Hebrews 10 as ones that he feel give us a, something of a starting point of what this gospel culture looks like. And he said, in the verses he chose in that passage, I'm going to read them again, were verses 24 and 25. He says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm going to read it again this time. As I'm reading, I want you to look around the room and look at one another because these verses are about one another it is not about what we do on our own it is not about what we do in isolation so when we're looking at these verses we need to be aware of one another it might feel a little bit awkward but that's okay i will go when i read this i just want if you would like to look around the room and look at one another and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay, you don't have to, you have permission to look at me again now, if you want to, okay? But I just thought that was really important, because this is about what it is to be together. About encouraging one another. And a lot of what I'm going to be sharing really Uh, comes out of this podcast. It's a lot of their thoughts that have been just sitting with me over the last few days that I just felt I really wanted to share with us this morning. You see, Sam Albury, when he was talking about these verses, he says that he's always seen the negative side of it in terms of do not neglect to meet together. He's he's seen that. That's pretty clear. And it shows that we're meant to meet together. If it says don't neglect to meet together, then that shows that we should meet together. And he said, but what he's recently seen is that the opposite of not neglecting to meet is not solely to meet but to gather with the purpose of encouraging one another. It's not just to meet. It's to meet to encourage and to be encouraged. It's not about attendance. It's not about, well, I can tick myself off. I've been to church this week. I've done what I'm meant to do. It's not about that. It's not just about meeting. It's meeting for a reason. It's meeting for a purpose. It's meeting to encourage one another. So why are we here? It's that question I asked at the start. First and foremost, we're here to worship God, aren't we? We're here to worship God, but we're here to encourage one another. I spoke a few weeks ago on some verses from 1 Thessalonians 5, and in there, we spoke, it speaks about encouraging the faint-hearted, and we spent some time kind of unpacking those verses and unpacking what that might look like. And I'm coming back to it again. And you might be thinking, Sam, have you not got anything else that you want to speak about over these weeks apart from encouraging one another? To be honest, not really. That's what I want us to be thinking about. And that's what I want to be stirring us about and encouraging us in in these weeks as we've been able to gather back together in the way that we have. And we think about why do we do it? Why is it that we've missed being able to gather in this way so much? And I'm going to keep banging the drum about encouragement Because the scriptures keep banging the drum about encouragement and encouraging one another and seeing that as one of the reasons or one of the primary reasons why we meet together is to be encouraged and to encourage. 
whenever we gather, whether that's on a Sunday, whether that's in smaller groups or growth groups, whether that's in prayer gatherings, whatever context, wherever we're gathering, come looking to be encouraged, but also looking to encourage one another. Earlier on in Hebrews, Hebrews 3.13 says, I exhort or I encourage, uh, exhort or encourage one another every day. This isn't a once a month thing. This isn't a termly thing. This is a look for opportunities to be encouraging one another every day. Whenever you're together, whenever you are gathering, we are meant to encourage one another. Don't solely look to those who are at the front. Don't just look to the worship leaders or the the church leaders or those that are teaching. Hopefully you find encouragement in those places. But don't just solely look there. Actually, let's look to one another, but let's also be expectant that God could use us to bring or to be an encouragement. Sam Albury, again, in this podcast, he was talking about actually, in thinking like this, he now prays in in two specific ways before he comes to, to church or meeting with others. He prays firstly that he would receive encouragement through being with God's people. And the second thing he prays is that there would be opportunities for him himself to be an encouragement to others. I think that is so helpful for us with our heart posture and our attitude when we come together to think, God, would I be encouraged by being among these people? And secondly, would I be an encouragement to others? Would there be opportunities for me to do that? And I think coming with that mindset is so healthy and so helpful. Encourage is maybe one of those words that we use without really thinking so much about what it is. Um, like so many words, we, just, we use them and we have an idea of what they are. But it really struck me again as I was thinking about it this week. To encourage means to give courage. It's not about just being nice to someone. Yeah, you can encourage someone by being nice. But to encourage someone means to give them courage. I think that's such a powerful way of thinking about it. When we realise the potential and the opportunity that we have to bring courage to someone that needs courage in that moment. To give courage for what we're currently facing in the circumstances in which we find ourselves and the things that are going on in our lives. To give courage for what we're facing in the week ahead. We should leave from this place this morning, whatever, the, whatever lies ahead of us in the week, having been encouraged to face what we're going to be stepping into and what we're going to be walking in. Partly what we're doing this morning by asking the children to think about actually what are some of the things about school that you like, what are some of the things that maybe you're a bit fearful about as they're looking to the week ahead. We want to be able to encourage them in that place, don't we? To give them courage, to build them up, to strengthen them in that place. So what does encouragement look like? I gave some examples, again, a few weeks ago when I was looking at the 1 Thessalonians passage. I gave some examples there. Um, and looking back, I, I, I'm not sure I did it. I think I did an okay job on it, but I think there are things that I missed out. Uh, actually, I just want to kind of come back to you and, and just draw to our attention. What does it look like to give courage to someone? Sometimes it means comforting one another in the place where they find themselves, to draw alongside one another and to walk with one another through this season of life, to encourage. And to give courage by reminding one another of the gospel. To remind one another of God's promises that he has spoken over us. Uh, over um, Promises through the scriptures that he's spoken over his people. But promises that he's spoken to us as a church family. 
How about this one that I hadn't thought about until it was pointed out to me in this podcast? Sometimes to encourage someone means to help them in their repentance and to be able to help them walk that through. We can encourage one another through prayer. We can encourage one another through hearing what God is doing and has done in one another's lives. I was so encouraged by what Barbara shared a couple of weeks ago. Thank you, Barbara, for what you shared. Just about how she's really been uh, recognising God in her life. That encouraged me. That did me good for what I then faced in in the coming week. Sometimes we can be encouraged just by being together. Nothing even needs to be said. There are certain people, aren't there, that just by being around them do us good and encourage us. And we know that, oh, if I chat to that person, I'm going to walk away feeling, feeling better for it. So actually just being together is a way of giving encouragement and being encouraged. I'm going to bring this to a bit of a close now. By coming back to that question, so why are you here? Why do we meet? I think this is a really helpful starting point for us. We meet, not just for the sake of meeting, but to encourage one another. To be encouraged, and to be an encouragement. It's a big question. And here's the thing, I'm drawing this to a close because we've got things that we're going to move on to and do. But I'm not trying to put a lid on it and say, right, that's now done. We've, we've touched on encouragement. Let's, next week we'll move on to something else. I don't want us to feel like we're putting a lid on it and we're moving on to something else. Actually, I want us to feel like we're leaving the lid off of this and allowing this to live with us. And to walk with this into the coming days, weeks, months, even years. Because I want us to grow in this. I feel massively stirred about this in my own life, but also for us as a church. And that's not to say we're not good at encouraging. But I feel like actually, just as kind of thinking on these things, just a picture of what could be and what God's heart is for us, and what God's intention is for us, and what God's goodness to us looks like in giving us one another. So let's leave the lid off of this. Let's allow it to live with us. Let's think about this as we come together together, whether on a Sunday and smaller gatherings and prayer meetings, whatever it is. Let's come with that mindset of encouragement being at the very fore. One last thing I want to share from the podcast that was shared was for us to think that actually the church could and should be a place where everyone walks out more encouraged than when they walked in. Isn't that a brilliant thing to have in our minds as to what we want our church gatherings to be like? That everyone walks out more encouraged than when they walked in. That, I think, is at least some of what it means to have a gospel culture, to live out the goodness of what God has done for us by being an encouragement to one another. And we're going to put that into action now as we come to pray for our children, as we come to pray for those who work with them.